and then of course the immediate <laughs> yeah exciting well it, okay so literally like the the ember got picked up right like a company <laughs> came and picked up the ember and um but then like oh my god i'm rv shopping this is really awesome like i got really excited Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season, we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ninth year of the RV Atlas podcast. We are back from our winter break, and we are ready to launch a brand new season of this podcast. Uh, Lots of lots of life updates, RV updates, career updates. We miss all of you, and we just feel like today's the day that we get you all caught up on what's been going on in our lives. Does that sound well, and okay. some people missed us too because there was a lot of podcast. Where's the podcast comments in the RV Atlas uh, Facebook? Group. You know, listen. I think I think a winter break is good. I think it's good to like like let people miss you a little okay. and to not be there every week because then nobody ever misses you. All right, I felt bad because I know I'm a podcast listener, and you have those routines. Like I listen to this podcast when I walk the dog in the morning, and you're kind of like unmoored when you don't have that. It's annoying. I, it literally people were leaving comments like i i don't have you to listen yeah, to on my like, friday morning walk yeah. so like you're of the mind that we should like do it once a week all year no well we did that for years um i think just maybe i did like it when we took the breaks that were like the one month break well that's what i was pl- kind of that's like i think that's what we're gonna do next yeah. year is yeah. i'm gonna stop december so look guys the podcast <laughs> is gonna be coming out we're doing a little friday morning right <laughs> i am dedicated to dropping a new podcast every friday morning between now and december 1st like maybe we'll take off the fourth of july week or something like that um but one podcast a week on fridays and we're going to do our first kind of quasi thematic season um we're gonna not do all of our episodes but we're gonna do maybe half of our episodes on national parks content because guess what we have a new book coming out that's one of the big announcements on april 4th our fourth book stephanie yeah um Yes. Our fourth book, Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks will be coming out. So we'll have a National Parks theme going this season, but we certainly won't be doing that every episode because there's so many other things we want to talk about and catch you up on. Can we say, you don't have this in the list, but I'm going to say it. Like, there's another book that's being re-released. We never uh, talk about it because here's the thing is our... um, Books with Sourcebooks, which is our publisher of um, See You at the Campground and Where Should We Camp Next? And then now this one, Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. Sourcebooks is sort of like our home publisher now, right? Like we, um, they're like family, right? Our editor there and everything. And they've just been so um, just wonderful and built helped us build these books that we really care and love about. Our first book was um, in the series Idiot's Guides, which don't exist anymore. They were bought out. But at the time, if you remember, there were Idiot's Guides to RVV. We had a love – that was our first book. They offered it to us. We didn't even try to get it. They asked us to write it. 
And we had a wonderful editor. We had a really nice team. It was just like very prescriptive, right? It was like, they were like, will you write an idiot's guide? And here's what an idiot's they, they guide is. They gave us the layout. Yeah, like, exactly. Here's the layout. So it, we just never felt as connected to it um, as like a personal writing experience. But I think we it's our first baby. Let's not forget to mention that they came back to us um, almost a year ago and said, look, we're going to do a new edition. Will you guys do the new edition? Like totally refresh yep. the entire book. Because it yep. was, oh, my God, it was like nine years old. Yeah. Eight years old. Eight, yeah. I mean, it, it was in need of a refresh. Right. But apparently it had sold well enough mm -hmm. that they want to put out a second edition. So our first book <laughs> is going into its second edition yeah. and it's going to be released like right around the same date as Where Should We Camp Next National Parks? Awkward because it's yeah. two different publishers, but that's just the way it that's works okay. when you start writing it's books. Still, I did most of the work. Uh, we were kind of juggling a few projects at that time at the same time, and we were like divide and conquer. And I did most of the work on this refresh. And um, I have to say, I kind of thought it was good. Like, I was, you know, like when you go back, I was like, this is good. Like, it and was it's <laughs> and it's different than the Where Should We Camp Next books yeah. because it's really centered on 40 different RV vacations. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we are proud of that okay. one, too. Yeah, and, I feel like you never mention it, but I'm going to mention it. Uh, so this spring. There's and I kind of want to do an episode, too, on what I noticed. So it was interesting years later, the things that needed a refresh and the things that didn't, it was very interesting. So it'd be cool. To so do that's going to be a cool episode. That. And what you mean yeah. by that is like RV life has changed a yes. lot because we're in it now for 12 years mm -hmm. and things have changed a lot. So pro will you promise Pricing, me we'll do that episode? Campground accommodations, the whole like thing. Like a then and now. Like yeah. when we started. It was interesting the things that needed a lot of work and the things that were pretty much the same that I didn't have to do a lot of changing to. So I'm just going to throw that in there because you didn't have it on the list. Okay, so the, the like you know some updates with the books, um, but there's other updates too. All right, so there's some like career changes, career updates to some degree, and not really the career changes, but um, you, you you know you told me that we have to talk about this, so we're going to yes. talk about this. So um, I made the decision in December to leave Ember as their brand ambassador. Yeah, I mean, and well, your contract was up for renewal. You had had yes. a year contract from January to December, and um, it was December and this was not an easy decision for you. And it's probably not even an easy decision to talk about it, but I just felt like it was really important because people wonder, right? And people are like, you see little comments here and there, questions. And I'm like, it's really important, I think, to just connect with people and explain. Well, they're going to be seeing a brand new RV soon. So yes. Gonna, yeah. The... So what we're talking about in this episode is the RV shopping, which was spurred on by that decision. But um, I think it was a really hard decision for you. I think it was the absolute right decision. It was a really hard decision for me. And uh, I guess I kind of want to try to explain it to our audience. I was doing a, t a lot of work for them and their platforms, mm -hmm. for, for their social media, for their website, for their owner's group. I was running their owner's group uh, on Facebook. And it. I guess the feeling I was having was it was taking me away from my Facebook group and yeah. my website yeah. and my podcast. And it was just taking my attention away from things that I own mm -hmm. or that we own and that we care quite a lot about. And it, and it was, um, people might not understand that this was, you were the brand ambassador for Ember. And actually this was the first time you were a brand ambassador. Neither of us, I mean, besides, I guess Cabela's, we might've had that actual title it, it, when we were working for Cabela's, but again, we could cover 
other outdoor gear. When we were brand ambassadors for Cabela, is it, it wasn't just that. So what happened is in the past, uh, many of you know that we worked with Jayco for years. Like seven uh, years. Yeah, a really long time. Um, and we had a Jayco. We but had three different Jaycos. Yeah. Four. But, four, actually, yeah. But but the thing was about that is that Jayco was a sponsor of the podcast. We did some additional content creation work for them too. But it was always clear from day one that we would cover the entire industry as the RV Atlas, right? Like we weren't only covering Jayco RVs. We weren't Well, they were only... a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. as you As you said, they were a sponsor of the podcast. And and most of the work we did around the Jayco was on our own platforms, yeah. right? We weren't really like doing tons of work for their platforms. Yeah, we did platforms. some lives and stuff like that. But this, now, this job it... was remarkably different with Ember. Like you were – you were really limited. Even I felt like you were limited in the amount of content that you could cover on our platforms about other. I RV I didn't feel right covering competitors yeah. or talking about competitors. So there, there so there was this desire to get back to really working hard on the RV Atlas platforms, mm-hmm. and also really this desire to just want to like check out the whole industry again yeah. and talk about the whole industry again and be able to talk about any RV I want. I wasn't specifically being told, oh, you can't no, talk about this it, yeah. or you can't talk about that. But look, when you're a brand ambassador for one company, <laughs> yeah. you're on a team, Yeah, right? You're on a team. And this was um, the first time you had done that. And um, I think In that, such a strong way, Yeah. Certainly. And it was honestly, like, it just didn't feel like sir like you all like our audience could get what we we were so used to really think honestly thinking about you all when we craft our books our podcasts everything it's like what are people into what do they want to hear i mean that's really what we lead with people don't want to look it's true people don't our listeners uh, don't want to hear about the same RV right. over and over again, probably. No. And then, of course, we're always going to own an RV, right? right. Uh, that we're going to talk about a lot. Uh, there was just a desire to cover everything more broadly and to be covering it on our platforms. Yeah. So I told you I was thinking about leaving, and you were like, you were really strong about yeah. it. Like you should. We, you, you're not. You're kind of opposed to the whole brand ambassador thing, I, I'm very particularly to when it. it comes to like yeah. RVs, because we are the RV Atlas. We're supposed to yeah. be covering all the RVs. Before I went for to work for Roadpass, and every, a lot of people may or may not know that um, Thor owned Roadpass, so it was like, yes, I in a way, you know, indirectly was working for Thor, but I was never every single job that I've had when I ran the RV Atlas full time while you were still teaching, it, I would lead. My conversations with people, like with sponsors, with my interview with Roadpass, saying like, you don't like. I want to be clear here. <laughs> you can't. You're. You know. You. You're not going to stop us from being honest with our audience. That was a very important thing. Like I would have with sponsors early on. I'd say, look, we we only are considering a sponsorship because we love you, and we're going to cover other people. But we're going like, to cover. We, other I mean, brands. if you dig back into RV Atlas history. Yeah. You will listen to podcasts sponsored by Jayco with an interview with somebody from, from Winnebago, Winnebago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they um, were all great about that. Like it was sometimes hard for some brands. They'd be like, "Really? How does it work?" And I'd explain like why we lose the respect of our audience if we don't reassure them all the time that we're being really frank and honest and open with them. So, so. it was a, it was a super hard decision because yeah. I really like a lot of the people at the company and it's a great company and they're building great products and they're they're going to they're going to just do awesome things, but uh, it's just wanting independence and I think a lot of you can probably like relate to that, right? Just wanting that independence again. And so um 
it parted ways. And then, of course, the immediate <laughs> exciting. Well, it, okay. So literally, like the the ember got picked up, right? Like a company <laughs> came and picked up the ember. <laughs> Take back the ember. Took the ember back. <laughs> you can't keep that. <laughs> and, and, um, but then like, oh my God. I'm RV shopping. This is really awesome. Like I got really excited and it was like, I can pick any RV I want. We, we can buy from any company we want. We don't, we're not working with this manufacturer, sponsored by that manufacturer. So it's like the whole playing field is wide open. And early in that conversation, you said, I almost dropped dead when you said this. You were like, well, why don't you finally get a motorhome? You were like, you've always wanted a motorhome. Like, why don't you get a motorhome? Like, you can go get a motorhome. And I was like, oh, my God, Stephanie is saying I can get a motorhome. So that was the initial sort of conversation. But then we started to look at towables, too. So in in this episode, we're going to walk through like the five or six major contenders uh, for the RVs that we were seriously shopping, looking at, considering, pricing out, all of that stuff. Is this our eighth RV? It's our ninth, if ninth. you include Penny okay. the Pop-Up Camper, well, which of course you would, yes. No, this, is, this is literally, <laughs> okay, our ninth this is the ninth RV that we have right. owned. It's sitting in our driveway now. I am going to torment all of our listeners and not tell you on this episode, which one we bought, because I want to give you the chance to like guess. Okay. So we'll walk through everything we shopped for. We'll give you the five or six final contenders. And then a couple days after this podcast come out, we'll announce it. We'll put up a picture in the RV Atlas group on Facebook. So are you ready to walk through the Puglisi RV shopping experience in 2023? Oh, are you asking me? <laughs> are you asking? <laughs> well, them? you're not a big shopper. No, I'm not. But you have you're very concise with like that works, that doesn't work. Right, I'm logical. You you're mean? logical. <laughs> so we're we're gonna do that. We're gonna have a lot of fun doing that. But before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Campco and a big welcome to Campco for joining the RV Atlas as a sponsor for their very first year. We're thrilled to have them. Um, we'll be back in a second after a sponsored message from Campco. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals, but their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two, and it's true. This spring, we are stocking up our brand new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head on over to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Camco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVAtlas10. That's CampcoOutdoors.com and use discount code RVAtlas10 for 10% off your entire order today. All right, everybody, welcome back to the first episode of the RV Atlas. So we're talking RV shopping. 
You we, just said the first episode of the RVS. This is like the thousandth okay. episode of the RVS. <laughs> the first episode of the 2023 season of okay. the RVS. Um, so you said, hey, why don't you look at motorhomes? Yeah. Uh, and that's where our mind went first. And uh, something else that was very important to us right away is that like we downsized into the Ember. We went from a 33-foot RV to a 22-foot RV. And let's be quite honest with everybody. That didn't work. No, it did not work at all. I was not happy at all. Um, I have, you know, the boys are not little anymore. We have two teenagers. They take up a lot more space than they used to take up. And not up. just physical space. They take up mental, uh, mental emotional space, emotional space. space. Yeah, like everybody needs, like anybody out there with teenagers knows how everybody needs to go to their own separate corners sometimes. Like it is really like a mental health All thing. five of us. Yeah, like everybody needs to retreat to separate corners sometimes. Um, and then even, you know, our youngest is about to turn 10. So it was, it, and then we have the dog. We have Maggie, <laughs> who is thrilled with the smaller RV. She didn't care anything about and being And Wesley on top of is it. bad. Begging for a second dog for his birthday, but we will yeah. talk about that at another time. So um, another thing is that it didn't have – it had like the Murphy bed, so there wasn't a door. So then, of course, I have three boys. So then if I was like getting changed or anything like that, I'd be like going into the bathroom, which – like I don't want to change in the bat. Like it just so, so didn't look, work. We we had Downsizing to move back. Work. We had to move back into a, a a rig that was like like ten feet bigger for but sure. We also knew that too big. Right with so I we, don't like to. I don't right. like to tow too big, and we don't like too big of an RV because we do like to go to state parks and national yeah. parks. So we were like basically back in the thirty to thirty three foot range it for works RVs. For us. It's a sweet spot for us. A private bedroom was certainly a must and a bigger RV was a must. So I, my initial thing was like, okay, we're looking for motorhomes. The, um, the economy is maybe worse. So the economy is better for buying an RV, right? right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Cause look, RV prices have certainly gone down from the height of the pandemic. There's no question about it, but for motorhomes, as opposed to towables, uh, I don't think the prices have gone down as much. Like I, we, and first of all, we were looking used. You, yeah, you, and that was me and you. We're 100%. both like, we're not going to buy new. We're going to no, look a lightly, especially used. not a motorized, because the depreciation is bad for all RVs. But really, for a motorized, you get that like car plus RV hit kind of. Yeah, and thing. maybe like during the pandemic, some people were like selling RVs and making money, but th uh, that's not going to keep happening. Yeah. So we were like, we initially we went to Class C's. We were looking used. We were looking for those traditional Class C bunkhouse floor plans, and there's really only two of them. And we've rented them we've been in them uh, i so love classes they work they work nice for like for our family they yeah work, well the floor plans work great yeah. everybody has a bed mm -hmm. and there's seating and they're easy to drive right. right but the 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 first thing that smacked me in the face was um there are not a lot of used ones out there right <laughs> okay like yeah. i thought there would be all, all like the pandemic everyone's been saying oh all the covid people are going to sell their campers well there's some truth to that camping world announced they've made tons of money selling used rvs but i don't see it in the motorhome space ironically as much so i was not finding lightly used bargain priced <laughs> class c's <laughs> right 
So then really the option became new again to, to jump up in price point and to get a new classy motorhome, which like we're talking a hundred thousand dollars, right? I mean, we're certainly talking a hundred thousand dollars. And I started minimum, to, yeah, minimum. Yeah, that I, you it used to be, you know, in in the before times, we could have felt like we could come in at seventy or eighty. I feel like on a new oh, class, 100%. A. Um, and we didn't feel like we could really come in that much under a hundred. So, so I looked at all the different companies making classy bunkhouses, and I, I like the mini. I, I like the Winnebago one, but that has the two slide outs where um, there's a slide out on the door side with the bunks, yeah, and then there's a slide out on the other side with the couch. That's, That's not, what we rented at Fort Wilderness. We rented yeah, those a few times. Ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. great floor plan. I like it major thing i don't like about it is that the awning's really small because there's a slide out with the bunk beds i like a nice big awning so i settled on the other and literally i think there are like two class c bunkhouse floor plans i settled on the other one that has the full wall slide out that has the bunks on it the kitchen and the dinette and jayco makes that one it's the jayco Greyhawk 31f or there's like the Jayco Red Hawk, I think it's still the 31F, right. which is like $10,000 cheaper because it has like the TPO roof yes, instead of roof. like the yeah. fiberglass roof. And, and something with the suspension, I think, is upgraded. To, I think the suspension it, is upgraded. Yeah, and then too. The, the, it has. Um, it has the the Greyhawk has the auto leveling. Okay. And on the Red Hawk, you have to get that separately. So that's yeah. the difference. So like, and and our dealer, White Horse RV, which we love our dealer. We've been buying from our dealer for 10 years. They sell Greyhawks and Red Hawks. So that went seriously under discussion. Okay. Buying new, big, big price, big ticket mm-hmm. item. It was settled on the Jayco. I had a moment where I was not like, just big price on the purchase, but also more expensive on the maintenance. Let's not forget for that sure. for anybody out there that going, oh, towable motorized, do not buy a motorized RV without being prepared for just higher maintenance costs throughout the year. But I, in the positive column for this, and I am trying to like confuse you a little bit about what we bought. Um, it's a perfect floor plan. Yeah. And we've this used is a it. Liter- we've gone wish- on multiple trips in this floor plan. We are always comfortable. We always have a good time. The drive experience is fine. It's like definitely classy, like you're driving a, a U-Haul little, yeah, kind of a thing. Noisy. Noise. The engine's yeah. up front. Yeah. But you know what? Okay, you I can can't hear. It. You know what you can't hear because of all the noise? The kids. The kids. And there's room for all of them. <laughs> I'd so, rather have cabin yeah, noise but, like, than We noise. have three kids. <laughs> Getting a good RV when you have three kids is so complicated, yeah. and these Class Cs are made for it because there's two bunks and there's a bed over the driving area. And there's area. a seatbelt on every seat sitable location. You can bring a couple friends, yeah. right? So. so there are so many positive aspects to the Class C, and, and it remained under discussion, but then we fell into the whole towable versus motorized debate, as so many uh, of you have, and we started to talk about towables and i think largely we were talking about towables because we wanted to have an option that cost a lot less money yeah right like okay well what if we don't want to spend motorhome money what does it look like if we get well i said this to our audience so many times over the last few years that they're probably sick of hearing me say it but 
you, some of us who have a fixed income, which is almost most people in the world, right? Like you're operating under a family budget. The more money you spend- You mean you're not a trust fund baby? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a Nepo baby. Like that's what they're being called now on TikTok, I think, Nepo baby. I am not a trust fund baby. Um, so the thing is, is that the more money you spend on your RV, the less money you have to spend on your RV vacations because it's your discretionary spending account, right? True. All right. So-, so, so- it, to sum up the motorhome thing, perfect floor plan is the big positive. The big negative, our daddies ain't rich. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> no now, now when we started to shift a little to towable conversation, again, you jumped right in. Like, see, you're so interesting because you don't spend all the hours researching that I do because I guess like I just like like it like oh my god I'm looking at RVs on a website at night you know like um but you're so concise you're like Jeremy we have always 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 loved Rockwood Ruse I mean you're like lightning bolt you know like we like the tent camping that's vibe that's not how it happened I came back from my trip in from Florida doing a big video production in Florida last year in March. And there was a Roo on site there out of the seven RVs we had rented. And there was a Roo and the one with the three bunk beds. Yeah. That we three, had looked at S. years ago, the same version of that. It wasn't around at that. It wasn't the exact same one, but years ago we had looked at one of those. That Roo was like ended up being we had seven RVs on site from huge toy hauler. I mean everything. That Roo ended up being the gathering place that for was everybody. That, that was the one everyone wanted to That's hang out That's where everybody was hanging in the room. It had a huge dinette area that everybody was comfortable seeing. Like, it was just open and airy. Like, if you've never been in a hybrid, it's weird. Like, they're very open and airy. Oh, Swiss Army knife, man. Yeah. You open that thing up and it's like, that really? There's and the that much in there? the room was nice and roomy and there was some counter seats. Like, the whole thing was just like, I came back from that trip and I was like, you know what, Jared? The hybrids? They but have there, it. There's more to it than that. So you were like, Jeremy, the three bed hybrid. So there's three beds, but then we could also turn the dinette or the couch. Like Wesley could easily sleep yeah. on the dinette or the couch, and there's still another seat. Mm -hmm. That's a key point here. But there's more to the Rue story. When we were writing for Trailer Life magazine, we moved into a Rockwood Rue 235S. All five of us moved into it for four nights or five nights, and we were super comfortable and super impressed and we liked the quality and we gave it a glowing review and uh you know ever since then like we've been like we really like these we also have a lot of people in the rv atlas group on facebook that own rockwood ruse and they like their rockwood ruse and i'm in the rockwood rue owners group you can learn a lot about rvs people if you <laughs> yeah. go into owners groups of course you are we're in tons of and here's groups. and here let me give you the, the straight skinny on rockwood rue owners they are a real happy group of of owners and some of them will complain about leaking issues and they'll say but i still love my roux well because you, you there's a certain amount it's just like the condensation stuff and everything there's a certain amount of like issues that come along with a pop-up and a hybrid that you just have to say okay i know i may struggle with these things but um it's going to be worth it for all of these reasons right like so that really small footprint right really easy to store it is pretty amazing that when they're closed up they're like 22 feet and when you open them up they're like over 30 feet i mean it is it is pretty awesome but the major dilemma here okay so look we instantly put the rockwood rue 
on the list of options. Absolutely. And I was excited. I was like, okay, yeah, I like I'm I'm, I'm digging the whole hybrid thing. <laughs> so the I can get back into the tent camping Jayco thing. 31 so <laughs> those are that's like a bring... really like really big <laughs> difference, so right? Hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> no, we are really weird. <laughs> because we've tried so many different things and we we yeah. understand like the benefits of different types of things. So we're like, yeah, hundred thousand dollar motorhome or like I think you could probably get one of those 30? roos for low thirties now. Low 30s, okay. Yeah. Um well did I just give away that we didn't buy one? Or am I just playing with you? <laughs> you could easily get one for 32K, listeners. Okay. Or we so, just don't look at the documents that we signed when we're uh, buying in order to avoid So like way. a $70,000 difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, look, the roo's not quite as comfortable for colder weather, camping, or whatever. But of course you can camp in the cold weather in a roo. But the, the dilemma here or the major con, our dealer doesn't sell them. All right, so after 10 years with a dealer that we really like that's provided great service for us, buying a Rockwood Rue would mean going to a totally different dealer that we have no experience with, though budget-friendly and a great floor plan for our family. Okay, we are going to come back in a second and tell you about the rest of the options that we looked at. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit JellystonePark.com. That's JellystonePark.com. And please, don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So we told you what our first two like serious contenders were. And I'm not we're not talking about RVs here that we did not really, really think about. Jayco Greyhawk 31F, Rockwood Rue 233S. Now I told you about the dilemma though. Rockwood is our dealer does not sell Rockwood, they do sell Jayco. So that got me into this mindset where like I, I need to go to our dealer. He has two locations, Galloway and uh, Williamstown, Williams. New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and I just need to look at everything they have. Because to me, like for the first time in my life, I will say, getting the right dealer is just as important as getting the right RV. Like I, to me, it's it's all one Yeah, package. even more so right now. We knew that, yeah, it's been getting difficult with service. with our. That's not a new thing. But the COVID camper thing made this critical. Like we get amazing service from our dealer. We have a relationship with our dealer. You can't put a price tag on that, especially at this yeah, point in the I, RV. I, I know our dealer so well. I was also going to ask him if I buy a Rockwood Rue. Will you service it? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'm lying and I, I just trying to confuse you. All right. So 
instantly I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to, we're going to go check out everything our dealer has. And our dealer carries a lot of great brands. They're a Jayco dealer. They're a Winnebago dealer. They're a grand design dealer. They're an Integra dealer. So it was like a lot of, I think that they've chosen like good quality brands. Like they're a family owned dealer. They've been around a long time. So been everyone's been raving about grand design for the last 10 years obviously they've just had massive success in the industry sold tons and tons of towables both fifth wheels and travel trailers and to be quite honest with you because i've been in jayco world and ember world and like i hadn't really looked too closely at a lot of grand design Mm -hmm. so i was like i'm gonna go to whitehorse i'm gonna check out what they have in terms of grand design I know a lot of happy grand design owners. If you go in the grand design owners group, people do complain about quality issues, but then a hundred people always jump in and say, mine's fine. Right. Yeah. Well, they've grown a lot. Right. And scaling is always an issue. They've been bought. um, They did sell to Winnebago. So, you know, I mean, these are just some things that are going to affect like the bottom line in terms of what rolls off. Breaking news. Winnebago bought grand design like five years ago. People still post in the grand design group like, oh, did you hear that Winnebago bought grand? And then every Everybody in the group, of course, like I ruthlessly attacks oh, the poor person. Poor person. We yeah, well, they, they keep these things. They try not to keep. Yeah, you know, it's not that's like, the thing. It's not their fault that they don't know. The RV companies definitely try to keep these um conglomerate like how much of a conglomerate they are under wraps. Yeah, for sure. So I, I I went like I'm going to my dealer. I'm gonna look at Jayco's. Like I had a moment where I was like, well, that's weird. I buy a Jayco. I don't work with them anymore. But then I smacked myself in the head and I'm like, that's the whole point. I'm just going to yeah. buy what I want to buy. So I'm going to go look at Jayco's. See, I'm real familiar with the Jayco lineup, right? But I'm going to go look at Grand Design's lineup, which I'm not really familiar with. And I should be familiar with as the host of the RV Atlas podcast. And honestly, I'm going to look at the, all the Winnebago's. I've always liked Winnebago's. Not super familiar with their towables. So the first thing I did was I went and looked at the grand design toy haulers. Now, Stephanie, you and the boys, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you and the boys loved our toy hauler. Oh, yeah, our toy hauler was, yeah, for the boys, that was their absolute favorite RV that we ever owned. Um, and I loved it as an RV. A lot of you will know this phenomenon. I loved it as an RV parked in a certain location. Like it really just was perfect for us in so many ways. Um, it had really like, so yeah, it had limited kitchen space, but it had just enough that I could still do everything I did. And a lot of you will remember I got that extra little, you just added that I Cabela's just added that Cabela's camp like, kitchen counter. And like it I expanded was the counter. Yeah. I just fixed, I could like modify that RV exactly how I needed to, to just make get really comfortable big beds everybody had a bed it was just great and it was such a workhorse right like we loaded everything up in it um and it was absolutely not a good fit for us driving around on the east coast it was just stressful i'm I'm torn about that because Yes, I will admit, as the person it's wider towing, for people. Uh, it was 102 inches wide, yeah. not 96 inches wide. We've talked about this in the podcast years ago. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a big difference when you're going through tight toll boats. We have so many. Ask tolls. the awning that I ripped off of the RV <laughs> on our first drive. <laughs> okay, yeah. but but so initially, I definitely had about six months where I was stressed towing the toy hauler. But I I think to be fair to myself that. Because we had the toy hauler for like two years, yeah. I think then for about a year and a half, I I just got no, really but I got you more didn't comfortable tow it with by it. yourself, and um, like I would be like you didn't want to go, and that's the thing is now oh I you, would you're one hundred percent right. right. I looked at you cross eyed for a second, like I drove it 
but I wouldn't take it anywhere unless you were with unless me. I was with yeah. you because you wanted that extra set of eyes to jump out at the gas because I would have to back us up sometimes at a gas station or something right like because just the the turning more oh, than that's some, more than thing. sometimes yeah the that's turning another, radius the turning radius because of where the axles were on that people don't realize that it's that axle oh my gosh the wide, turning race was the that was terrible so it was just the tow experience like you go a lot like now you do a lot of filming for go RVing shows and stuff so a lot of the time you'll go places by yourself and my thing was like you have to have an RV that you're yeah, really comfortable to- totally true. without a passenger I am super rel- I, I will just confess to everybody like I am super reliant on you as a second pair of eyes towing anything but but the Ember didn't mat 22 feet whatever yeah right? like me with the Airstream it's just so yeah, easy it's like, so easy <laughs> like, like anything even bigger like I'm like, wait, Stephanie's not in the yeah, car with me. Yeah, you want a co-pilot. But, so. but then, like, the toy hauler was magic in certain ways. All the gear that we bring. I know. The bikes, the surfboard. Like oh, we, and the bedroom was so nice and comfortable and private. There was a the bathroom things. was big. It was a about great RV. Now, now, Grand Design has their Momentum Travel Trailers. Uh, and they're, they're, they have them in fifth wheels and travel trailers. I was I never looked at fifth wheels throughout this whole process. I just have this thing. We have a like, 250 and Jeremy is very firm about feeling like the 250 is not really good enough to upgrade the truck. And we're not upgrading the truck. The 250 was a hard, like if, if, it was a hard boundary. By the way, listeners, she's saying that because we paid off the F250. Yeah, no, the F250 is owned, and I am like, that is what we're towing with if we're going to tow. Like, that was my thing. Like, uh, if it's uh, going to be a tow thing, it has to be no. towed by the 250. That was the rule. Jeremy, as a younger man, would have paid off that truck and gone and buy another one. And you know, Stephanie, another one. not as experienced in your shenanigans, would so have, like, let Older, that wiser Jeremy's like, yeah. we paid it off. We have no truck payment. No. Baruch Hashem, like, let's yeah. roll with this thing. So I've been babying that truck. I added Bilstein Jock, some other little nice things. But anyway, I, I really liked the grand design momentum travel trailers. Like, you walk into them. There's a lot of things to like. So I looked at the 23G, and then I think it's the 25G, and they're kind of just like longer. Well, there's there's some differences in the floor plan if you look at them. But the 23G is only like 28 feet, and the 25G is only 30 feet. And the way that they accomplish that, and look, everybody's making this this floor plan right now, by the way. And this is just another way where I was like, I was not up on things. Uh, Coachman makes it. Everybody makes this floor plan. Super popular. They put the bedroom on a slide out. They put the actual bed on a slide out. It's like the beds, the master bedroom at the front slides out. And that allows these to be like 30 feet instead of 33 feet. Because it's an east-west bed and then the bed slides out. So it's not north-south. So you don't need as much of the length to do that. And And I was – yeah. It has a a king bed in the 23. Oh, I looked at – I walked into these and I was like, oh, Jeremy can do this. Yeah, yeah. Still 102 inches wide. But then I really – I dug into the research because – I like dug into the research because I was like, this was a serious contender and there was a major con. And I don't know if I talked to you about this, but because that master bed, that king size bed is on a slide at the front of the RV, the hitch weight is really heavy on these. It's the hitch weight. Toy hauler hitch weight is always heavy. Yeah, because it has these to balance These are heavier. Out. Yeah. Now, I've we to- always dealt with the hitch weight I owed a to- toy I owned a toy yeah. hauler. Yeah. I know what it's like to drive from New Jersey to Maine towing an RV with a really heavy hitch weight. Mm-hmm. It affects drive performance, even with the equalizer uh, weight distribution set. So that was the major con. 
everything else, the length, the floor space, lots of kitchen room. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll say this about Grand Design. You walk into Grand Designs and the fit and finish is nice. Like you just look at the little details and they they have the little details down where you walk into some other manufacturers and you're like, man, the fit and finish just isn't as nice. So the 23G and the 25G went under serious consideration. And I knew that if this is what we did get, like I felt everyone would be excited. You know, like that excitement. You of mean the family? The family. <laughs> yeah, they were in the podcast, not like all. No, no, I felt like but the like, family right. would be excited. No, like absolutely. there's, there's some RVs. The toy hauler has a really like solid place in our family history. Everybody would be super happy. I feel like that's with all of these things under consideration, seriously, because it's like that with the, um, like the motorized. Like we've been in it. Everybody excited well the kids like, want a motor like this i'm just gonna be blind yeah our kids but they would have uh, been just as excited with a, a toy hauler as a motorhome i don't know who maybe. knows what but the, here's the th- here's the thing though that i realized during my research is that the kids were unwilling to pay for any part of this rv oh they didn't put up so their money. they yeah so, so their excitement level only goes over actually their excitement level should not go as far with you as it does you I, yeah i count it count disney it dad too, at work yeah you count okay it way so too much. look looked at the momentum toy haulers uh definitely was impressed price point by the way you know i don't know seventy thousand. like these these aren't cheap these momentum toy haulers they're cheap these days well they're they're more they're they're they were more expensive than i thought but they also come with onboard jet owning generators you know they're they're pretty fancy actually these toy haulers so then of course it was time to look at the grand design imagine travel trailers which is kind of squarely in line with like the types of RVs we've owned. So I walked into the 2910BH, which is like a 33, 34-footer at the most. Walked into this and I was like, man, I really like this floor plan. Like it has um it has the bunks in the back, and those are east-west, right? Yep. Okay. And because they put the double over double bunks east west, they also have like a, a wardrobe. Yeah, because normally when they're north door. south in these bunk houses that aren't the actual bunk room, normally when it's north south, then the bathroom is next to the bunks. That's right. like the traditional totally. way to do oh, it. And that's a best selling floor plan yeah. for everybody. So when they move it to east west, and they have to put the bathroom somewhere else, and then they put this wardrobe there. So and this is so like, where's the bathroom? Okay, so this is what became this issue for us as we were lo- like as i was talking about this floor plan so the bathroom's not in the back so where's the bathroom because like the living room's great the kitchen's awesome you, you know you can get the there's u-shaped dinette it has a pull-out sofa or you can get the theater seats but then what grand design does and they do this on several like a bunch of their floor plans and i am telling you to me for for Jeremy and Stephanie Puglisi, this is a fatal flaw in an art uh, floor plan. I'm sure tons of other people love it. They put the bathroom um, before the bedroom, and it goes across the whole length of the rig east to west. So you have to walk through. It's a lot of motorhomes. It's are like a this. classic thing that they do that in, it, in order to save room, right? It's just a really, actually, a very creative design in order to basically turn what would normally be almost like empty walking space into a huge bathroom into a big bathroom so you get this huge bathroom but it takes up the whole rv and you have to walk through the bathroom to get to the bedroom 
that I've seen that on a thousand yeah. couples coaches. And if it's split, a couples sometimes coach. Sometimes it's called a split bathroom because some will like separate it so okay. that actually one side has the shower, one side so has the I'm yeah. sitting here digging this floor plan like, oh, this is a serious contender. And then I start imagining my 13, soon to be 14 year old sons. May I say it bluntly? No, don't say it bluntly. Nobody wants to. It's just okay. You going to the bathroom. Three boys at the age they're at, like well, somebody's always in the bathroom. Somebody is always in the bathroom, and the bathroom shenanigans. Shenanigans. There's just shenanigans. Bathroom All shenanigans. Water on the floor. Just shenanigans. They're nasty. Gotta wipe the seat again and again like, and again. I would apologize profusely to anybody in my house. Like, there's a boys' bathroom. And I, like, I'm I don't want to go I'm in there. I'm a slob. I'm a slob. I am scared <laughs> to go in the boys' bathroom <laughs> in this so house. I have, I have walked in there to use what? it out of respect for you. Turn around and leave. Yeah. So I literally then I pictured you locked in the bedroom <laughs> while one of them is in doing like a 20-minute bathroom session. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I love everything about this floor plan, but I could never buy this RV. Yeah. I just, it's, it's out of the question. So I walked out of that so one. So you know, you know that that one isn't on the table now. Jeremy gave it away. Yeah, no, no, that one's not even yeah. one of the final contenders. Yes, that's not. That's just a story. Now, if, that's just a bathroom story. If you story. own that floor plan and you love it, don't let me hurt your feelings about it. You go no, ahead and you love that. because it makes sense. It just doesn't make sense for us. The, the actual design of those bathrooms is very common because it creates a lot of design capabilities that when you have a bathroom in a corner, you don't get. So if, if it was a couple's coach, would you consider that? Like if it was just you and I, or would you just still like, I could lock you into the bedroom by using the bathroom, would you? And I literally- I like a little space between. I I was watching all the RV walkthrough videos, and the one salesman was actually like brought up the bathroom, and he's like, oh, you can still- get to the living room you just have to go outside and go to the other door because yeah, there's two doors outdoor, and i was like yeah. that's crazy yeah all right so then walked into the grand design imagine 2800 bh which is definitely one of their best sellers 32 feet has the very traditional floor plan that's like basically well, every rv like, manufacturer makes this yeah but you know the 28 the 20 don't give grand design credit where credit's due they were really the first to roll out this years that is definitely, ago i think that's probably true this is i mean we're talking eight years ago i don't know grand design's 10 years old now, yeah so 11. this was one of their first and let me tell you something this this was unusual at the time and it was incredibly immensely popular it resonated with people right away and actually then our eagle years very later was very similar our to eagle this. ironically our eagle was 11 inches longer but our eagle only had a chase lounge this has either theater seats and a dinette or a trifold sofa and a dinette. So you get the two seating sections. Yeah, they have like, I think, it's, is it the 2400 BH or the yes, 26? Grand Design and, has, and, and that just reduces the just, size. Exactly. It just takes out the dinette and just gives you the sitting place. So this has the double over double bunks in the back. As Stephanie mentioned, the bathroom's next to it. It's a spacious bathroom. Uh, theater. The, our dealer had it equipped, I think, with theater seats and then the U-shaped dinette private bedroom for mom and dad with the sliding wood door, door. which was so important yeah. uh you know good counter space in the kitchen that the major pain point of the 22 foot ember for me was there was no counter space i no counter space can't i i know that not everybody uses their kitchen in an rv we've been rving for a more than a decade i use the kitchen to not have an easy place to put something down and have a pot going and to 
I, I can't work like that. I just need, and, and our Eagle did have nice counter space. And so we loved our, Eagle. Our, and our toy hauler, we created the counter space for it. So we've always been able to have a good working kitchen. We loved the Eagle, but the major pain point was we have three sons. One of them's on one of the bunks, another one's on another one of the bunks because they're not sharing a bunk. Okay. If you can get your kids to share a bunk, you're, you're a better parent. You've had more success parenting than I have. No way. Then our third child, usually Theo, ended up on the Chase Lounge. So then there was nowhere to sit when everyone was in bed at night. So I really liked the fact that uh, one of our kids could take the U-shaped dinette or whatever, yeah. and there's still seating, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea of having everyone having a bed and having seating, even if it's not a ton of seating, super attractive to me. This had a couple like shortcomings, which may sound picky, did not have the rear-mounted bumper hitch for bikes, which we've yeah. had on the we, past few RVs. Are a big that was deal like, a, for like a bummer. Us. We bring our bikes. Um, yeah. Other than that, like it didn't a have super, a fireplace. Yeah, we were, were kind of like we wanted I a fireplace. Love the fireplace and the, and the eagle. eagle. Here's the thing: I, I'm telling you, you cannot get everything you want in our no, it's just I'm like sorry. Shopping. Yeah. You, if you get everything you wanted for me, anyway, if you get everything, if I get everything I want in an RV, then the RV is too big, and I'm not getting everything I want in the RV because yeah. it's too big. Yeah. But this one, this look, this packs in. This one packs in a lot in 32 feet. Okay. All right. There's one more, right? Now, okay. So our dealer's also a Winnebago dealer. And the salesman's like, well, you got to check out the Winnebago. It's like the same floor plan. And this became this fascinating like learning experience for me because our dealer's like, oh, it's the same floor plan. And it, it is the same it floor is, plan, yeah. but there's so many differences. And yeah. that's the cool thing. It's about hard the to tell, which is why first time RV owners don't know what to look for when they're shopping because it all looks the same and you have to understand oh, like a different The, the, the level. little differences yeah. are huge. So technically, oh, this is Winnebago and it's the Winnebago 2801BHS, the Winnebago Mini 2801BHS. It's the same floor plan on paper, <laughs> but then actually once you start looking at it, it's quite different. And I real I like I walked into this one, and of course I liked it because I liked the Grand Design version. But this one had a couple things that the Grand Design didn't have: a booth dinette instead of a U-shaped dinette. Uh, yes, that's important. That's, uh, that's For some people, very, that's a deal breaker. A U-shaped dinette drives some people, uh, like to ruin. You know. Now this one is like thirty-two feet ten inches. It's like 10 inches longer than the Grand Design. It has a walk-in pantry. <laughs> yeah, a walk-in. I mean, I thought you know. that would impress you. Well, I mean, come on. I don't I, like a walk-in pantry. You know, like how I think that when they put things like words like that together in an RV, it cracks me up. Like you're going to walk into that. But you pantry. actually can walk into the pantry. Okay, but like, you but know. I initially I was like, uh, you know, I was, oh, my God, this is great. This yeah. pantry is great for all the food and shoes and just just getting a bunch of crap out of the way that often makes a mess in an RV. It also had a better outdoor kitchen than the Grand Design. Uh, for one reason, because it actually has a sink. Yeah. The outdoor kitchen on the Grand Design 2800, eh. Mm. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's like, it's, like it's some outdoor fine, kitchens but... are kind of like fake outdoor kitchens. Oh, They're like I, basically I a little a, refrigerator. I could go on a whole rant. Yeah. One of my it, least favorite things about the RV industry is that they tell you where everything has to go. They make these outdoor kitchens and they're like, here is your fridge, yeah. here is your pull-out griddle, and we will give you no like, flexible yeah. space to put the things that to you want to bring To make it like how you, you I don't and... like the RV industry telling me where to put things. Please okay. stop. Wow. Okay. Um, they're bossing you around. You're the boss of you. Um, Yeah, like you had them take out for the Eagle before we even took it 
Didn't we it have them remove out the two grip? burner? Yeah, we were like, like, I have one of those. I don't know. The RV industry loves when you can pull stuff out. Look, look. look. And you pull it's this out, and here is a griddle. They or here. love the reveal. And I'm like, I just want a drawer, man. And if you have any experience, you know that those are the things usually that like those are things that never get used. You're like, no. I don't want to be cooking on yeah. my griddle right next to my beautiful RV and getting schmutz everywhere. Right. Okay. But whatever. So this has actual sink, which is actually a useful, you know, use of the space. Um, so this one also became a contender. I mean, I, I really like Winnebago as a company. The quality seemed good. It, it had some more bells and whistles than the grand design. It was a little marginally more expensive. A than little the, bougier. Like, it was a little like, bougier. Sometimes it's hard to tell because this is what um, we always used to joke. This is what Forest River was always so good at, like in the ruse and everything. They made you, you were like, oh, this is so luxurious. And look over here. And look over here. And yeah, look like over they here. did this funny thing that to put in the silliest little things that would make you be like, oh um massage seats well <laughs> like, both the winnebago both the winnebago and the grand design <laughs> yes, had those well the rest of the industry has caught on with that but i'm saying like that has been a progress over the last 10 years of putting those things on lower level trailers you know that used to only appear in the high level but like the cheapest form of that you know and just making people be like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> i like the interior of the grand design better than the winnebago and they were quite different the winnebago had a lighter interior grand design had a darker interior okay so went that we went to the dealer those were all contenders simultaneously i'm also saying stephanie why don't we just get a pop-up camper again? Yeah. Why don't we just go back to the beginning of this whole thing? Because you're so not logical and you're just oh, so, I'm so emotional. so emotional. You're so emotional. Somebody po- I, I said something about wanting to get Ugh. a pop-up camper in the RV Atlas group and somebody said, somebody commented and it, it wasn't snide. Somebody said, oh, you just want to turn back the clock with your kids. Yeah, it was just, it's and just I was a like, sentimental you know, Yeah, thing. so you were like, no. You were basically because like, you buy a pop-up camper, you we're know. Not inexperienced we know we've like basically even though we haven't owned a motorhome we've extensively traveled in motorhomes we've tested motorhomes like we know the experience of all of these different things we're not noobs you know and it's just like the pop-up thing look there's there are a whole list of pros you can go back to our should i buy a pop-up camper blog post on the website like there's a whole list of pros to that and then the cons we know them and they it does not but fit our I, life i gotta say something to our listeners we use our I rv found, for so much more than I camping know. and a pop-up is folded up and tied away we're in our rv we do meetings in our rv we, we have people use it as a guest space like we I use know. our rv I film all year stuff yeah, yeah. that's like not you, we want to be able to use stuff. it as an office in the winter that's okay. why i didn't so like penny you, the you, pop-up camper was i couldn't just go out to her you had to set her I know, up. I know. I know the whole story. But in my mind, <laughs> romantically, I only remember the well, good you times. you wrong. I know. You do. You're like classic. I re- you're such a – like. they should study you. <laughs> they should uh, cut me they open should study, study your me. brain. Okay. So we're going to come back in a second. We'll summarize the – I believe it's five major contenders. Okay? Uh, but before we do that, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Go RVing. GoRVing's website, GoRVing.com, is packed with all of the information you need to get started and go RVing. Check out GoRVing's Get Started tab to find information from real RVers about buying an RV, renting an RV, 
finding a campground, and a comprehensive first-timers toolkit. The Buying an RV section includes a complete guide to buying a new RV and tips for visiting national parks. The Renting an RV section explores your options for trying before buying. The Finding a Campground section lets you search for campgrounds by state. The First-Timers Toolkit is a robust set of blog posts and how-to videos that will turn you into an expert RVer in no time at all. Go RVing's Get Started tab is packed with the content you need to become a more experienced RVer and have fun doing it. And this is just a small sample of the content you will find there. To find out more, head on over to GoRVing.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's summarize are one, two, three, four, five, five, or six, depending on how you look at it, because the two toy haulers are so similar. But before we summarize these major contenders, I we also have to say, as we, you know, we're updating everybody in this episode, and I, it like physically pains me to say this. Stephanie sold her Airstream Base Camp. Oh yeah, well that was part of like uh, I had the Airstream Base Camp. It's, I don't want to like go on too long. I had the Airstream Base Camp very specifically. We talked about like when you decided to be the ambassador like the brand ambassador for ember it felt like that was very much like yeah we were going to do family vacations in there and everything but that was like your also your work it's almost like having a work vehicle in the house and i really felt like i you know again like i work for thor like it was a little like i wanted i did actually want an rv that was not like connected to a work you did you know and 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 i i I want to be a two rv family i want to have a small (laughs) rv but we won't go into that now yeah you're also and i i I, I say this with as much love as i can say this like you're also just big on financial responsibility and and just like like, okay so we're shopping for this other rv and then we're gonna also have an airstream base camp and you know we're trying to pay things off and trying to oh my god we got two kids are gonna be in college in a few years right uh so we sold the airstream base camp and i appreciate that you're that that was all you that you oh it was not a question for me because again the the ember we weren't we didn't own that. It wasn't on our like quote unquote balance sheet as a family. And so then when we were bringing a new RV into the family, like I was like, there's no way we need to like just downsize. And I'm also just not a big fan of having too much that you can take care of. Like it, it doesn't matter. Consuming. Look, RVs, oh, they're so much fun and we love them and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And it also requires an amount of maintenance. Oh, you were, and you were personally spending time like messing with Airstream maintenance stuff. You were. A hundred percent. That's just how it is that's rv ownership and so i was like i'm not gonna you know put that i want to take that off my plate too so it's fine i don't look i i am very like zen about my objects when they serve well, me i want to be more like you. i have I'm, them I'm like and a, then when it's time to let go i bless I so the next different. Owner. i invest all this emotional <laughs> no, meaning into objects okay yeah. so let's summarize the um the the major contenders and let's let's call it five major contenders because the toy haulers are real similar and let's give a, a major pro and major con for each if we can jayco redhawk 31f perfect floor plan for our family i think we would all be really excited to get a motorhome um major con expensive right fair enough yeah. like it's just way more it's expensive more money than, than we've ever spent. we don't generally spend a lot on rvs okay rockwood rue 233s major con again is i really love that floor plan and i i do like the tent camping the outdoorsy feel and all that major con it our dealer doesn't sell them yeah. so uh, buying that would mean leaving our dealer okay uh grand design momentum 23g or 25 g toy hauler major con 
perfect solution for all the gear we love you to bring. You just said major con, perfect solution. Sorry, major, major pro. pro. <laughs> um, perfect <laughs> solution for all the gear we like to bring. Really bougie, really comfortable. A uh, major con back again to it being 102 inches wide. They're taller. They're, it's just more challenging to tow a toy hauler in our opinion. Okay. Uh, the Grand Design Imagine 2800BH. Uh, major pro, um, good price point, good floor plan. Major con, missing a couple things that are really important for our family, like that that bumper gear haul kind gear of gear hauling. Haul oh and it doesn't have the rear issue. cargo door right no. in general it's a it's a less geary kind it's gonna of, be more challenging yes. to bring all the bikes and all that stuff for yeah. sure the winnebago um again kind of the same thing in terms of pros and cons really great floor plan for a family has a little bit more of the you know fancy stuff a little bit more ability to haul gear because the door does open in the back on that one and i believe it has the the bumper hitch for yeah. the bikes okay i will say with all these icon that we didn't mention is that our um up till now is we have been incredibly outfitted for off-grid camping for years oh, now totally true so our toy hauler our eagle and then the ember were all very equipped to be comfortable off-grid we didn't really bring yeah. that up and, yo that's a great point and none of, none these, of these from <laughs> the factor from the right. dealer all of these we are mm-hmm. going to have to deal with so, like adding solar later that's a little yeah. bit of a pain point for us because we know how much we love it and we've grown accustomed to that and then like it's not just going to be there we're gonna have to work the on only it, one so. that was like equipped in any way for all the, the momentum motor, toy haulers yeah. with the onboard generators yeah. but it's like to me i'm not running a generator at night you know like i yeah. want i want solar so here's the deal this podcast we're dropping this podcast friday morning all right if you're listening friday uh or like early saturday and you want to take a stab and you want to guess you which rv we bought in the group i'll put a poll yeah. i will put i will in the rv atlas group on facebook i will put a poll people can vote with these five contenders after the podcast comes um, out or something and then you're going to tell everybody yeah should i put this poll out before the podcast comes out no or, okay, okay so wait till the podcast comes out put the poll up in the rv atlas group on facebook if you haven't joined joined we'll see what your guesses are if we gave anything away accidentally or dropped hints here or there and then like on saturday late in the day um we'll put a picture up of uh, all of us hanging out in the new rv so thank you everyone for joining us for the ninth year of the rv atlas we're excited to be back huge thank you to our sponsors to camco to jellystone parks and to go rving they make this podcast possible and uh, we'll see you next friday right here on the rv atlas podcast see you at the campground we'll see you at the campground Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.